0: You're now listening to the SPLX Podcast. Every week, we'll have the latest news and interviews with SPLX athletes and special guests. This is the SPLX Podcast, and now your host, Brian Fritz, with the latest.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the SPLX Podcast. I am Brian Fritz, your host, and let's get to this week's news. At PWG's tremendous event on July 13th, Jeff Cobb will take on Joey Janela and Matt Riddle will face Marty Skrull. The show will emanate from PWG's new venue, the Globe Theater in Los Angeles. Matt Riddle will make his long-awaited debut for PCW Ultra on June 8th. His opponent, though, has yet to be announced on that same show. Jeff Cobb will take on Brody King. Rey Mysterio will make his return to AAA on June 3rd. Now, Mysterio is a former AAA Mexican national trios and welterweight champion and, of course, is a AAA Hall of Famer as well. Zack Sabre Jr. has been announced for New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Style Evolved UK shows that will take place on June 30th and July 1st. On June 14th, Axis TV in the United States will air Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kazuchika Okada. Sabre Jr. recently told ESPN that if I was going to picture where I wanted to be when I started my journey, it's exactly where I wanted to be. That in regards to being in New Japan Pro Wrestling. There's still some time to go between now and the iconic All In event on September 1st. Here's what the Young Bucks exclusively had to say about SPLX athletes Ray Mysterio and Chelsea Green being a part of the event. September
0: 1st, we have a special show. What's the name of the show? It is called All In.
1: Do you remember the name of the building that we're doing that show, in? Yeah, I know. It's sold out. That's why I remember
0: The sold out Sears Center in Chicago, Illinois. Am I going to get heat for St. Chicago when it's really Hoffman Estates? No, who cares? Because we're running this thing. Right, right. And uh, guess who's in there? It's yours truly from Suplex. Mm-hmm. Chelsea Green. Yep. Who else? And Ray Mysterio.
1: Booyaka, booyaka. 619. Booyaka, booyaka. That's my, what did he say? Pueblo. Pueblo.
2: <laughs>
0: that's my Pueblo I think that's right
1: that will do it for the news for this week now on to our interview with former Olympian and one half of the chosen bros Jeff Cobb
0: how did I get to the Olympics well it's a long story so pull up a chair uh, grab a beer just relax sit back relax and uh, enjoy this fine tale on this rainy windy night my journey to the Olympics it wasn't to something that I wanted to do originally, uh, because uh, with amateur wrestling I didn't find out amateur wrestling existed until my freshman year in high school, and the only reason why I joined was because I thought it was pro wrestling, because I was a fan of pro wrestling since oh gosh probably oh I can't even remember how far back probably when I was like two or three or we're super super young so yeah I joined uh, high school wrestling my freshman year uh, did it through all out of uh, through all out uh, high school and then after high school, uh, I decided to stay and join the workforce. so I had a job. Uh, my first job was delivering beer with Budweiser because they' were a sponsor of all the Olympic teams. so I delivered beer for about a year, and they paid me and they gave money to Um, the Wrestling Federation, and because of that, I got to travel to a couple places, do some tournaments, international tournaments, and represent uh, the island of Guam, or the country of Guam. In 2003, I qualified at a couple tournaments, and in 2004, I wrestled in the 2004 Olympics in Athens, Greece. Uh, Well, they changed it up a few times throughout the years, uh, because I went in 2004, so 8, 12, 16... Nine. Uh, there would have been three different cycles by then. Uh, so, it was just different processes. Uh, ne- uh, in 2004, to qualify, um, you had to first qualify in your country, like local tournaments and whatnot, whoever came out for your, for your weight classes. Um, and then, after you qualify that, then you get to go to a smaller regional tournament uh, For us, it was called the Micronesian Games and then a step above that is the South Pacific Games uh, which had Also, what well, was the Micronesian Games were like some of the smaller islands around uh, Guam like uh, like Palau and Kosrae and the Federated States of Micronesia and then the South Pacific Games had more countries in there like uh, Samoa, America Samoa uh, Tahiti and a couple other of those islands, and then and Tonga as well. Sorry, I didn't mean to forget Tonga, uh, but and then, um, and then after you qualify that, then you uh wrestled in a region. Um, at that time, there was only five regions in the world: uh, there was North America, South America, Europe, Asia, and Oceania, which we were part of Oceania. And then that also included, when you got to the Oceania levels, they also included New Zealand and Australia. And not talking smack on Australia, but they're known to bring in guys and expedite their uh, residency status to wrestle for them. So I remember 2002, they had a Russian, a few Bulgarians representing Australia, which is very odd. Because they were living in Russia a year before. Yeah, and then I won all those, and then at the time you had to qualify for, um, there's automatic qualifications uh, during the Olympic year. Um, the first one would be place in top 10 in the worlds, the world championships, so that would have been the 2003 world championships. Um, I did not place in the top 10, so I had to go to two or three other qualifying tournaments, and one of them was the Oceania uh, tournament, and... Bada boom, bada bing. I'm all the way in Greece.
2: <clears throat> so uh, talk to us about the actual training you had to go through. Uh, and maybe your diet requirements as well. If that was a factor.
0: Um, the training was really rough and intense. Uh, the, the nutrition side, I uh, probably could have been better at it. But I was, I was light while I was walking. Well, my weight class for the Olympics was 184 pounds, which is uh, 84 kilograms. So, it, I mean, I, originally I was walking around about maybe 195, 200 pounds. So I didn't really have to lose too much because like with wrestling, it's an intense sport. So each practice you can lose about 10, 10 12 pounds anyways. So like the, the the diet wasn't too high on my list. It was more the training. So it was just, just regular wrestling practices and whatnot. And then uh, three months prior, to the actual Olympic games, then I started picking up the intensity where um, I spent a month in Portland, Oregon, or Gresham, Oregon, and trained with my Olympic coach out there. Uh, he got me a weightlifting coach, uh, who was a former wrestler, and a running coach, who was a former college uh, track athlete. So I had three, but roughly about three a day, uh, weightlifting, running, and wrestling practice. And then I got shipped for another month to uh, the University of Minnesota. I was there for about a month. And then the month, the last month of the games, we tried to time it out where I peaked at a certain time. And the last month I spent in Athens, Greece. Just doing two-a-days and running.
2: Just to get used to the climate?
0: Uh, yeah, to get used to uh, the time difference as well. Cause um, at the time, I, w- I was actually, I was in college. I was just finishing up my freshman year in college. Where, in Missouri. And Greece was about, I think it was like 10 or 11 hour time difference. So, just getting acclimated to the time difference and getting my body to, on a regular schedule. So, that's pretty rough. But, it, I mean, everybody goes through it. Again, or every uh, Olympic level athlete will go through that process. Why Guam? Well, my mom was, uh, I was originally born in, uh, on Oahu in Honolulu, Hawaii. And we were there, I was born and raised there, went to uh, preschool, elementary, getting ready to go in middle school or junior high, I guess. Uh, and then we got into some financial troubles and we lost our house. So we ended up, uh, the, only, the only people, the only family at the time that would lend a helping hand was on my mom's side who lived in Guam. So uh, my grandmother opened up her house to us and we just packed up and moved there.
2: So you go to the 2004 Olympics in uh, Athens, Greece. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your first impressions when you get there?
0: That was awesome. Uh, the first place they take you, or when you get in, is a little check-in station. And then you hop on a bus and they take you to your living quarters. And it's pretty much, uh, they, they build apartments for you, or for the village. It's, uh, well, I mean, I don't know, I can't speak for the other Olympics, but the Athens one, they built, um, an apartment complex, like a giant apartment complex per country. Um, we had a small contingent, so we only took up about three rooms, I believe, uh, three rooms of this complex, so we shared, I believe, I want to say, oh, I want to say Guatemala was near us. Or in the same building as us. I don't really know. I didn't pay attention because I kind of was in my own zone or bubble. And then, yeah. So uh, I liked it because the, they had three cafeterias. So you can never starve because there's always you're always able to get food. Um, they give you this little uh, Coca-Cola uh, rubber thing about maybe three inches long. And you can go to any vending machine and get what you want. Whether it be a soda, water, Powerade, which is weird because, you know, all that sugar stuff, not good for you, but Coca-Cola's paying the bills, so.
2: <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so, how how long were you actually there for in total, and how long was it from when you got there till your first uh, match?
0: In, in Greece? Yeah. Uh, I was there about a month, about 29, 30 days, which was rough because... For that Olympic Games, wrestling was the very last, uh, I want to say it's like the second to last day or third to last day. So it's hard to train and get in the mind frame when, like, the first week, let's say, uh, gymnastics or boxing is done, then they're partying for the rest of the time that they're there. So they had little little clubs, like, uh, on the north and the south end of the athletes village so there were some there was some rant, really wild random parties going on um so f- at that time again like i said they they change up the i guess the the types of competition uh sometimes they'll do pool sometimes they do straight bracket tournaments um i believe now they do straight bracket tournaments but when i was wrestling they were doing pool play so uh we draw a number and then we got pooled with who was with us like we had twenty two in our weight class at, that year, so they. I was in a group of three. Um, I believe I drew number eleven, so I was I was stuck with. Who was I stuck with? I was stuck with uh, my first match was, a Russian wrestling for the country of Germany. And I lost to him, and my second match was against uh, the Cuban Yo Romero, who's now at UFC. Scary man. I believe he's in the 205 weight class, but I think he's like number three in the ranking system. But yeah, Yo Romero was the second opponent I wrestled, and he was a former world champion and former Olympic silver medalist. I believe. How did you get on with him? Uh I lost to him, <laughs> but he's really cool. I mean, I shot in, I got his legs. So yeah, very few people that touch his legs.
2: So, how long did the actual wrestling tournament last?
0: Uh, one day, less than a day.
2: It was it knockout style or? Yeah,
0: so the pool play, like we wrestle everybody in our pool once, and then the person with the best record will go on to a straight bracket. So it ended up being like, if you won the pool, then you'd go to a straight bracket formula, and then bracket bracket to the championships. So, uh, yeah, so I had two matches and I was done. So own two barbecue.
2: How would you write the whole experience of being in the Olympics?
0: Oh, it's great. Um, you know people. You know people. Whenever they find out that I was in an Olympics and or an Olympian, I guess their first question is, uh, "Did you medal?" Which I've grown to just kind of roll my eyes at because you know every four years, only X amount of people represent their country. And there's only three medals to be given out in a sport, you know, so... Yeah, so, I, overall, it was a amazing experience. I got to meet so many great people along the way, who I still keep in contact to this day. Um, I definitely got to meet uh, some amazing future, uh, like, for example, future UFC fighters. Um, like, I met Rulon Gardner, Yo Romero, well, you know, Rulon's not a fighter, but... Um, Daniel Cormier, and uh, all those guys. So it was a cool. It was a great experience in that. Um, it was a great learning experience because I got to meet a lot of people from countries I never thought I'd meet, like uh, people from uh, Qatar, uh, Croatia. I got to meet Yao Ming, large individual, so <laughs> I, I would never meet Yao Ming on a just on on a regular day, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, it was a great experience overall.
2: So, you did the Olympics in 2004. What what happened to your amateur wrestling career after that?
0: Uh, Well, like I mentioned, I had just finished my freshman year of college, so I had uh, four more years left, so I went back to college. Um, The Olympics ran for the whole month of August. Our school started August 15th, so I missed the first two weeks of school, but... I flew straight from Athens back to Missouri and went back to studies, and then I still had years of college um, eligibility left, so I had college wrestling after that. Um, I still participated in a couple tournaments, which brought me to like places like New Zealand, uh, Azerbaijan, and a couple other regional tournaments. So it was it was cool. I kept going to 2008, and I did the 2007 World Championships, which is a qualifier for the 2008 Olympics. And then going to my second one, I just kind of, I don't know, I just kind of burned out or lost the drive to do it. And, it. and it took me on a different path.
2: So after doing the Olympics in Athens uh, and decided to end amateur wrestling pretty much, uh, where does pro wrestling come into place after that?
0: Well, I've always wanted to do pro wrestling, so... I was trying to figure out something for life after college and at the time like I said I mentioned I was going to college in Missouri so I finished up my college wrestling career and I believe our championships was in March of that of 2008 and I was graduating in May so I was trying to line up something where I graduated in May and then I'd come back in August as a like a graduate assistant program where I can work towards my masters And still get paid to be a coach uh, for the women's wrestling team, which I did an internship the year right after my wrestling season was finished. And at the time, I was looking at going to Harley races camp or school. So I was going to be doing both. Uh, So I went to Hawaii for the summer because my dad was there. So I was going to help him out and help my grandfather out. And I went to Missouri and I mean, I went to Hawaii and. We're supposed to be back uh, August tenth, and mid to late July was rolling around, and all of a sudden I'm not getting my my flight information or any weird thing like that. So I kind of was like, what's going on? You know, I thought I was supposed to be a coach here. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening, and come to find out, he hired somebody else in my place. So, I was kind of stuck in in nowhere, in La La Land. Didn't have a college to go back to. Couldn't join Harley Race's school. So, And I was stuck in Hawaii. No job, no nothing, because I didn't plan that out. And then, uh, I got a job at, at a gym. Saw on TV one day that uh, they still had a pro wrestling show on TV. Found out that there was a... A show three weeks later, but I didn't have a car at the time, so I borrowed a bike and rode from my house, it was like 12 or 13 miles or something like that, to the show, Watched paid my, I think it was like $7 at the door, watched the show, I'm like, I can do this, and then rode my bike back, didn't ask any questions about how to do it or anything like that, and then the next day, like, a couple of the guys came to the gym that I worked. I was like, I saw you guys last night and started going from there.
2: What advice do you have for anyone that wants to go from one sport to another? Even though there's quite a lot of similarities in amateur wrestling and professional wrestling.
0: Oh yeah, like um, probably one of the advice I would say is don't go in with a big ego uh, because pro wrestling is a totally different breed like it's nothing. There's nothing like it. Like whether you do amateur wrestling or MMA or am, like amateur basketball or whatever, any sport that you do, making that transition to pro wrestling, you're starting from square zero, like from ground up. You, I mean, you may like I was ready physically, but mentally, I was nowhere near ready at all. So, yeah, just going with a clean slate, man. Close your uh, close your mouth, open your eyes and
1: ears. All right, that will do it for this week's SPLX podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can do it on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. Please also rate and review the podcast and help spread the word as well. Tell your friends, tell your loved ones, tell all the wrestling fans in your life about this podcast. And as always, thank you for listening to the SPLX podcast.